Quick show of hands, how many have ever heard the term virtue signaling? Some, maybe a third, maybe half. The Cambridge English Dictionary defines virtue signaling this way. <clears throat> An attempt to show other people that you're a good person, for example, by expressing opinions that will be acceptable to them, especially on social media. This is sort of a more culturally current term. I hadn't actually heard of this term uh, uh, more than a year ago. But it's a term that is being used in culture, and you may not be as familiar with the term, but you're probably familiar with the idea. Virtue signaling is this sort of thing, especially on social media. It can be if you change your profile picture to a Ukrainian flag and say, I stand with Ukraine, or you uh, publish your pronouns, or if a company says, hey, look, uh, they try to promote how sort of green they are. If the goal of doing that is to try to impress somebody or try to say I'm part of this group or try to say, yes, I'm in the in crowd or I get it or the sort of sequel language, if that's the reason you're doing it, that's virtue signaling you can do those things for other reasons but if the main purpose is to try to tell other people hey look this is the language that everybody's using I'm using that language too I'm with it that's virtue signaling it's also virtue signaling if your sort of actions don't match the words that you're saying and so you might be posting stuff on social media, you might be saying lots of words, but if in reality your deeds don't match the things that you're saying, this is what our culture is calling uh, virtue signaling. Now this word is not only a cultural word, it's often associated with political ideologies, and so you might already be thinking, those of you who've heard this word, you might be thinking one political ideology or another. Please let me tell you that's not what we're doing this morning because we all do this. And while this is a newer name, it's an age-old concept. We do this not just in the wider culture, we do this in church. We can virtue signal to one another in church, meaning if someone comes and says something to you about how they're hurting and you say to them, oh, I'll pray for you, if you pray for them, that's not virtue signaling. But if you're like, well, that's the thing you're supposed to say to kind of show that you're a holy person, that you're a praying person, if that's kind of the language that we're supposed to use in church, that is virtue signaling, trying to attempt to get somebody else to see you as a holy person, a Christian person, an in-group kind of person by using specific language, especially when that language doesn't match what you're doing. We all do this. And so while virtue signaling is a more modern term, this is an ancient concept, and Jesus has something to say about virtue signaling. And so let me encourage you to take a Bible and turn to the book of Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15, it's page 796 in the church Bibles. If you take one of the Bibles from the rack in front of you and pay, turn to page 796, you'll be in Matthew 15. And we have a passage that does not use the phrase virtue signaling, but I think is very clearly in our passage. And we have the opportunity to hear Jesus respond uh, to this both modern cultural phenomenon and ancient cultural phenomenon. The fact that all of us feel this temptation to say certain things, to post certain things, 
to try to communicate to other people, hey, I'm with you. We're in, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking the right language. You should think highly of me because of these things I'm saying and doing. And so I'm going to read Matthew 15, verses 1 to 20. Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, And why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father and mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they are not to honor their father or mother with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen and understand. Listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. Then the disciples came to him and asked, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? He replied, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Peter said, Explain the parable to us. Are you still so dull, Jesus asked them? Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person. But eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. Now let's begin by identifying the virtue signaling that's going on. Again, I know that this is not that common of a phrase for some of you, so we'll just leave the definition up here so that we can be reminded. It's an attempt to show others you're a good person. It's a way to kind of signal that thing. How's that happening in our passage? Well, the Pharisees are talking about hand washing, but they're not talking about it from a germ point of view. This is not a cleanliness sort of thing. This is not a wash your hands so you don't give somebody COVID kind of thing. If it was, this would be taking place in the privacy of people's own homes. If we're talking about sort of soap and water, the idea is how would anybody know if the disciples were washing their hands or not washing their hands? This is not about germs. This is a ceremonial ritual sort of thing. It's a public thing that people were doing to say, hey, I'm a hand washer. This is what I know it's kind of emotionally difficult to relate to this, but this is what sort of the influencers of the day were doing. They were washing their hands as a way of signaling something, and actually what they were signaling wasn't all that great. What they were signaling is, is, hey, we're not Gentiles and we're not contaminated by all of these other people around us, and so washing hands was kind of the thing to do. And so the Pharisees come and they ask Jesus, hey, how come your disciples haven't posted any hand-washing pictures recently? 
Like, why are they not trying? Why are they not in on what's going on? This is the virtue signaling that's going on. The reason we know that is because even the Pharisees themselves identify it as the tradition of the elders. Now, the word tradition can throw us off because that might make it seem like this is something ancient that people have been doing for a long time. But the phrase tradition of the elders is different than what Paul uses in Galatians 1, where he talks about the traditions of our fathers. The traditions of our fathers mean things that have been handed down for generations. The traditions of the elders is not talking about some ancient practice that has been handed down for generations. The traditions of the elders are saying the elders are the influencers in this society. Those are the ones who are setting the example and the pattern. These are the people who are telling us what is good and cool and those sorts of things. And so what the Pharisees are asking is, hey, why aren't your disciples doing what the influencers are saying should be done? Why are they not falling in line with what's going on? The elders are the people living at that time. And they're the ones who are sort of saying, this is the way to show that you're a good Jew. And so the Pharisees come to Jesus' disciples and to Jesus and ask, why aren't they doing that? That's the virtue signaling in the passage. Jesus himself acknowledged this by contrasting what everybody in society, or at least in that culture, was doing. When he says in verse 3, and why do you break the command of God? And so he set up this dichotomy between kind of what the influencers are doing, and they're doing hand washing, and they want everybody to sort of at least acknowledge and sort of virtue signal that they're in on this deal. And Jesus says, hey, look, that's what you're doing because that's what the influencers are doing, but what about the command of God? And then he gives another example of their virtue signaling that's not hand washing, it has to do with money. What they were doing in addition to hand washing is they had money that was given and they labeled this money publicly as devoted to God kind of money. And this was the way you sort of signal to other people, hey, look, I'm a pious person. Hey, look, I'm part of the in group. Hey, look, I'm doing what everybody else is doing. You gave money and then said this money is devoted to God. And Jesus says the problem is not really devoted to God because if it was devoted to God, you would do what God wanted done with that money. Saying it's devoted to God is just something you're saying to try to show people that you're a virtuous person, but you're not actually doing the thing that you said you were doing. Now, while sort of studying for this sermon and reading about virtue signaling this week, I came across an academic paper about it, study about it, and they quoted a very interesting uh, science, scientific, psychological study, which I'm going to try to explain it to you. It's a little bit complex, so stick with me. What they did in this study, it was published in uh, journal Nature, Human Behavior, and what they did is, is they gave to a group of people some money. And what the people who were given the money were told to do is to designate a certain amount to give to charity, whatever charity they chose. And they would be telling everybody else in the group how much they were giving. Now the trick was is that all of the people who were given money, 
each one, some different groups were told different amounts that would be multiplied that would go to the charity. What I mean is, is that whatever number you said, if you said, I'm going to give $10 or $20 or whatever, you were told that secretly that number that you gave would be multiplied so that the charity would actually receive either, some people were told twice as much, some people were told four times as much, some people were told 10 times as much, meaning if you gave $10, the charity would actually get $100 or $110 because of your gift. Nobody would know that. All they would know is that you were giving $10. So that was all that was known. And guess what the stunning thing they found out was? It did not change people's giving at all. Meaning those who were told it would only be multiplied by two gave the same amount as those who were told it would be multiplied by 10. In the control study, they took another group, gave them the same amount of money, and this time instead of giving it to charity, they were told they got to keep the money for savings with the same multiplier. Guess what happened? The people who were given a Two, two times multiplier saved less than the people who were giving the 10 times multiplier. And the point was this. The people didn't actually care about the charity getting money. If you did, you would have given more if you had more, if you knew it was going to be multiplied by more. What they cared about was what other people were going to see, and other people were seeing them giving $10, regardless of the amount that went to the charity. That's what Jesus is talking about here. He's like, you're not that interested in giving money to God. What you're interested in doing is declaring that you've given money to God, that it's devoted to God. You're more, that's virtue signaling. You're more interested in how others are going to view you than actually doing good with the money. And so in verses 7 to 9, Jesus pronounces his judgment on virtue signaling. He says, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. They're worried about how everybody else is going to view them, but they're not actually serving God. Now, the great thing about Jesus is he not only announces his feelings about virtue signaling, he goes in depth to explain why this is a problem and to offer an alternative, which is what the rest of the passage is about. In verse 10, after declaring that virtue signaling can be a form of hypocrisy, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen and understand. I emphasized that when we were reading through the passage because that's what he's commanding us to do this morning. Jesus is saying to us right now, listen and understand because what follows is pretty complex. The disciples don't get it on the first pass. What Jesus is doing is he's going into some deep stuff that is giving rise to this and what he wants for us this morning is listen and understand. So stick with me as we kind of walk through what Jesus is saying. Verse 11, what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. Now this may seem confusing because you're like, well, I'm thought, I thought words really didn't matter, only mattered what actions. The key to understanding what Jesus is saying here 
is understanding the Greek word that is translated defile. It's related to another word you might have heard in sort of Christian circles, the word koinonia. It's the word koinon, and it means common. That's literally the word that's used here, and it's translated defiled. And what Jesus is saying is, what is common is defiled, and the opposite of common in biblical language is holy. And the idea here is, is that the things that you and I are doing to fit in with the society around us, that's actually making us common, which is making us defiled, as opposed to the things that are set apart for God, which are holy to God. And so Jesus is talking about here, when you're trying to win the approval of others, remember, this world hates God. Even the church does not always live in a way that is pleasing to God. And Jesus is saying, the more you look like the people around you, the more that's actually defiling you, the more common that's making you. And the opposite is to be holy, to be set apart, to be different, to be obeying the commands of God. Jesus is trying to say, look, showing everybody that you're virtuous and following the influencers of society, that's actually defiling you. And the opposite is obeying God, whether the people around us like it or not. Well, in verse 12, the disciples don't exactly get it. And so they then accuse Jesus of doing the very thing that he said he was going to do. It's a great accusation. Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? Instead of virtue signaling to the Pharisees to say, oh yeah, I'm a hand washer. Oh yeah, I do the devoted to God thing. I got all that stuff. Jesus calls them hypocrites. And the disciples are like, uh, maybe we shouldn't do that. And so this gives Jesus the opportunity to dig further into this. Because again, we're just like the disciples. We want everybody to like us. We want people to think that we're good people. We want that whatever the influencers are doing or whatever people are doing to say, yeah, yeah, I'm with that. I'm, I'm doing those things. And so Jesus digs into this even deeper, verse 13. He replied, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them, they are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Now the disciples don't understand this part either. And so listen and understand, Jesus says. And so we listen, Holy Spirit, help us to understand this. And the question I think that is helpful in understanding, verse 13, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. And the question is, by whom? By God. Every plant that has not been planted by God will be pulled up by God. The idea is, is that those who are the influencers, the elders who are doing all the hand washing and saying things are devoted by God, to God, if they're not actually obeying the commands of God, what's going to happen to them? What did happen to them? They got pulled up. Same thing for sort of influencers today. Jesus is like, you're looking at those who are influencing people on TikTok and social media and all of those kinds of things. But though if they're not obeying the commands of God, it doesn't matter if everybody thinks what they're doing is right. What is going to happen to them? They're going to get pulled up. 
The blind leading the blind and both falling into the pit is the exact same thing. The Pharisees are spiritually blind. He's trying to say, you're following spiritual influencers who are going to lead you into a pit. And those who virtue signal to influencers are going to find themselves at some point in a pit. And the idea in verses 13 and 14 is the same thing. The pulling up and the pit is a reality that is God. And it doesn't matter if everybody in the world thinks, oh, this is the way to go. If there's a pit on the other side of that path, guess where we're all going to end up? In the pit. Pulled up and in the pit. And Jesus says, the reason why we don't want to do this is because trying to do what everybody else is doing, trying to sort of say, yeah, no, I'm with you. No, I, I know the language. I'm doing the thing. You should think highly of me. The problem is, is well, what about holiness? <laughs> what about obeying the commands of God? That's what's going to put you in a good position. You see, earlier in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus already told us, if you're giving to the poor, don't tell anybody. If you're fasting, don't tell anybody. That's the better situation than this one because here the people aren't doing something. At least there we're giving and he says don't tell anybody. What he's basically saying is stop worrying what everybody else thinks of you and do what's right because God is watching. Here he's saying with virtue signaling, you're not even obeying God and you're trying to tell everybody you're a virtuous person. This one's even worse. So what does this mean for us today? What it means is posting or changing your profile picture to a Ukrainian flag and saying, I stand with Ukraine, is not what matters. I am not saying it's good or bad. I'm saying it's not what matters. What matters is, is are you praying for the situation in Ukraine? Are you giving money when there's opportunity to help? Are you praying for the people of Russia and for the people of Ukraine? Are you praying and concerned about, and am I concerned about Niger and Ethiopia and Somalia and other places? These are the commands of God, and if you're doing the commands of God, it doesn't matter what you're posting or saying. That stuff has no substance to it. What has substance is, are you obeying the Lord? Saying black lives matter or saying all lives matter is not what matters. What matters is recognizing that to be black in the culture in which we live is a harder road for people to journey down. And what God commands from all of us is compassion and mercy and understanding. To recognize that God has commanded us not to play favorites for anybody and that race is not an excuse for sinful behavior. These are the commands of God. And so what you and I are posting or saying or doing, that's not what's important. What's important is Jesus says, are you doing what God has commanded done are you showing love and mercy and kindness and that when it comes to racial issues God says I've got lots to say and lots for us to do and almost all of it centers around compassion and mercy and understanding saying you're pro-life or not saying you're pro-life is not the thing that matters 
What matters is, is are you and I obeying God's commands to value life? Do we, do we care? Are we caring about the unborn? Do we do something to try to help in this situation? Do we care about moms who are giving birth in pregnancies that they didn't want? Or do we care about mass shootings? Are we trying to do something about suicides, about euthanasia, death penalty? Jesus says, what you post, what you say, the placards you put in your front yard, that's not the thing. I'm not saying those are wrong or right. Jesus is saying that's not the thing. The thing is, are you and I obeying? God says life matters. Don't end life without my approval. And are we doing and obeying the commands of God? Posting something, saying something that you're for the strikes in Detroit and Hollywood or against the strikes in Detroit or Hollywood, that's not what matters. The commands of God are, are you paying people? Am I paying people what we should be paying them? Am I being generous with the people who uh, take our trash? Or am I being generous with the people who teach our children? Am I being generous with those who babysit? Am I being generous with those who mow our lawn? Jesus is saying, stop posting all sorts of stuff. Are you doing the commands of God? That's what matters. Now let me be the first to admit... I have not spent enough time and do not spend enough time praying for the situation in Ukraine and Russia, let alone some of the other situations in the world. Let me admit that I do not feel the pain of racial injustice the way Jesus feels that pain. Let me say that I'm not as active in trying to rescue and save and bless life as I think God would want me to be. I also could do a lot more to be generous to those people who are providing, taking their trash or teaching my children or doing those sorts of things. So please hear me very carefully. But those are the things that I want to get better at is the doing stuff. And Jesus is saying, for you and me, that's what we should spend our times focusing on, not what we're posting, not what we're saying, not what we're trying to signal, but are you and I doing the commands of God, regardless of whether anybody notices or not, whether or not the group says, oh, good language, good job. This is what matters to God. Holiness is the opposite of virtue signaling. Obedience is the opposite of virtue signaling. Trying to be pleasing to God and not worrying about what other people around us are going to think. This is what Jesus is talking about. There's no better way to end a sermon on such a thing than with communion. And let me tell you why. It's for two reasons. One, communion's a bit of a test. We've talked about stuff that has political implications to it and all of those sorts of things. But I said at the beginning, virtue signaling is something we do everywhere. And the test of communion, the people who are getting up are going to help serve communion in just a moment. The test for communion is, is that when in just a minute trays are passed out, we still pass things. When trays are passed out, you got a couple of choices what to do with communion. One, if you take a, a, this double stacked cup, it's got bread on the bottom and juice on the top. If you take that so that the people around you think that you're holy... If you take that so that the person you came with will like, oh, good job, they must be a really good person. If you take that because you're like, hey, look, I just want to, that's what this group is doing. I want to say, look, I'm in, I'm, with, I'm hand washing my hands. I got the stuff right here. 
that will, then communion will be a stumbling block to you or to me. If instead we take it in response to the command of God to remember Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection until he returns, then it will be a blessing. And so communion is an opportunity to say, hey, look, we're all tempted to say, people are watching. They're going to see if I don't take this, somebody's going to ask why. If I do take it, that's going to make a good sign. Please, please don't do that. God has commanded us to remember the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, and that's what we're doing this morning. If you do this between you and the Lord, it will be a blessing. The second reason why communion is such a great way to end this sermon is because Jesus did not come to this earth to virtue signal. He didn't come to announce how holy he was. He didn't come to tell us that he was with all the influencers. He didn't come to show up and wash his hands and say, oh yeah, this is devoted to God. Remember, Jesus was horribly unpopular. Everybody, the crowds that followed him at the beginning, they all vote to crucify him. They desert him. Even his disciples, he is alone at the end. He's come not to be popular. He's come not to have lots of followers. We don't know how many people on Twitter or X were following Jesus. That's not, that's not why he came. He came to save. He came to be obedient. And then on the cross, totally alone, by himself, he did the most influential thing that will ever be done. And who knew it at the time? Nobody. And if you'll just humor me, let me ask, humor me, let me ask this question. Where are those hand washers today? I don't mean the COVID stuff. I mean the sort of Pharisees hand washing. Where are the devoted to God sort of money givers today? They're gone. They've been uprooted. Where are we today? We're spending our time with the person who obeyed. The one who, when all of society said, don't follow that guy. He doesn't know what he's doing. God said, the stone the builders rejected, the one that got canceled, the one that nobody wanted to pay any attention to, the one that was unpopular, the one that had no friends at the end, that one, that's the cornerstone for a whole new world. And so we come to celebrate communion because we think, hey, you know what? For a season, virtue signaling, being popular, having the things where you say, hey, yeah, I get this stuff. I'm saying the words. The person who does what God asks them to do, that's the person who's honored.